Thank you, Sarah, and welcome everyone. Great to spend some time with you today. And we're here at the end of July already, can you believe it? And uh, we've been getting some more gradual kind of freedoms from our lockdown situation. And I enjoyed the drive to Llandailo a few days ago. Picked up a little takeaway coffee from a shop in Armonford. And I've even managed to get a haircut, which is nice, because uh, my family was starting to take the mick. Reckon I was looking like a caveman. Or my nana. Now, I don't know if be more upset by those comments. The caveman or my nana. But there we go. we got a haircut now, which is nice. So it's great to see new surroundings and enjoy a few more freedoms. And one of the most powerful freedoms we can ever experience is our freedom of choice. So as a person, it's nice to be able to say yes and to be able to say no and to express our own free will in life. And that is a great blessing and privilege as a human being to have the opportunity to have a free will and to be able to choose and make decisions for ourselves in our lives but generally our life choices do come with knock-on consequences because whenever we make a decision whether it be a small thing or a big thing there's always circumstances and consequences that come with that and as we grow and mature and develop in life we'd hope to get to a place where we're growing in wisdom and growing in character as well and when it comes to our free will decisions we hope to reflect something of wisdom in our lives and isn't it great when our decisions and our actions bring about something of love and kindness and benefit to others in the world that we live in and this has been a particular focus i suppose during our time in the last few months where we've really appreciated the work of key workers um, in our communities and we've been appreciative of the NHS and all the workers and support staff and teachers and you know grocery workers and delivery drivers and all these people brought something of benefit to our communities in these um, trialing times so it's good to appreciate those who bring like physical help to our lives where you know we can eat food and we can look after our well-beings and it's also good to consider uh, those who serve us in a spiritual way as well, you know, those in the church who um, help and this kind of stuff. And it's, um, you know, a great verse that we read in Ephesians 4 where um, it says this in verses 11 to 12. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So we can appreciate the key workers of the church as well, which is good. And when we see people using their talents and abilities and gifting for the benefit of others, I like to think of that, that is like God at work where, you know, there's, there's blessing and improvement in our communities. Now, lockdown life at work has been interesting. And today's lockdown story, we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Now, Joseph... It uh, takes up a lot of chapters in Genesis 37 through to 50, but we're going to take a little snapshot at a particular season in Joseph's life. And during the kids' spot earlier with Tammy, which is great, we remember Joseph's family background, the relationship he had with his brothers and, you know, the relationship with his dad, how he was favoured, but also that we see that he's, Joseph is gifted by God, but also there's this rawness about him. You know, he's like a little bit boastful and a little bit unwise, with how he expresses himself and his comments. And, uh, you know, there's that youthfulness about him that where, where we see him in his life story, how he develops and matures in his life. 
So, of course, Joseph, using this uh, ability to interpret dreams because, you know, God was, like, working in him and giving him that ability to do so, where he could look into people's lives and help them explain their dreams, you know, God's purposes and things where he could cast a light into a situation. So as we follow Joseph's journey then, we're going to see him growing and developing in the trials and tribulations that come his way. And we can see the hand of God in his life as well, uh, the protection and the courage that Joseph had to have in, uh, in his journey. So just remembering what Tammy covered in the kids' spot earlier, Joseph we find has been sold um, as a slave into Egypt, but we read also in the Bible that he does a cracking job. He's positioned as a as a servant in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is the um, captain of the king's guard, so he he was a man who had a lot of responsibility, and we find Joseph is serving in Potiphar's house. And it says that um, everything is like running like clockwork in part of his house because of Joseph, because of his administration, his wisdom, his ability to to be able to manage the household. And um, there was a lot on Joseph's shoulders, but he got about his business with integrity and he really served God and honoured God. Although, you know, he was a servant in that place. And if you trace back, you know, the root of him getting there, you know, it was a very unfair thing to happen to him, but he managed to focus on his service before God and his relationship with God and that, you know, the blessings that God was putting upon his life blessed the other people as well, part of his house and those living there. And then we find in the middle of this journey that uh, Joseph is on and this positioning in part of his house that all of a sudden something happens and it's like the carpet is pulled from underneath his um, feet. And um, we recognise that the wife of Potiphar, as you, as you read through the Bible, you know, she takes a bit of a shine into Joseph. Uh, it says in the Bible that Joseph was a handsome man. And of course, he was getting to be popular because of his uh, responsibilities and how he's managing things. And Potiphar's wife took a shine into him and tried to seduce him. But Joseph was having none of it because it was wrong. And he wanted to honour God in his life and not sin against God and sin against Potiphar. So how it transpires is that she has another attempt to seduce Joseph, um, but he runs off, she grabs his cloak, and uh, she recognises that she could be in trouble, so then she spins a bit of a tale to say that Joseph uh, tried to attack her. So we pick up the story in Genesis 39, verses 19 through to 23. I'll just read it for us. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So Joseph finds himself in prison, again a situation which he didn't really ask for but found himself in anyway. And we read there that the Lord is with Joseph, that the Lord is with Joseph and um, granted him favour. So even though, you know, again Joseph is in a situation where 
his surroundings are very much not up upon his own actions and potentially limiting, he still managed to get about his business and create um, an environment which was, you know, careful and managed and he was taking care of certain responsibilities, so much so that the prison warden kind of left him to it and he trusted Joseph could do a good job. So Joseph decided to serve and he decided to do well. And um, I don't know about you, but maybe many of us in that situation would not be happy bunnies. We would be um, perhaps pouting even. I don't know about you, but um, spending many weeks in lockdown, perhaps our situation has been, things have got on our nerves a little bit. Who knows? I, I think at the start of lockdown, I probably had five pet hates of things that happen in my house, which are beyond my control. I probably got about 55 pet hates now, but um, I'm not bitter anything like that. I'm quite gracious in those circumstances. And um, as family and as people living in a household, we learn to um, bless one another and perhaps look over our little mistakes and our little, um, you know, differences and this kind of stuff. So we can chill out. Lockdown is easy, which is nice. And we can get over those little things. So let's take on that attitude that Joseph had, that um, he was going to do his best and get on with serving God in, in with the right attitude, not pouted, not getting moody with the injustice that he's faced, but uh, cracking on anyway. So he found success in serving and he chose to put God first, God's will first, doing right even when wrong. So we too can choose to serve in our situations. It may not be prison, but maybe it feels like that at times. But knowing God in our lives is, you know, critically important. It's knowing that God is with us each step of the way. So Joseph shows great wisdom in his actions, overcoming like his youthful kind of background where, you know, the world kind of revolved around him and that general attitude that youngsters can sometimes have. And now he appreciates others and he's ready to serve other people's needs as well. So next we read in chapter 40 that Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. So both were trusted positions in Pharaoh's um, um, kingdom. And the baker would have been responsible for making the food and preparing the banquets and the meals and this kind of stuff. And the chief cupbearer would have been the one responsible for uh, the needs of, of of the pharaoh he would ensure that the, the drink was safe and sound and good that the food was good and you know he would taste everything just in case there was any a potential of someone trying to poison the pharaoh and overthrow him so there must have been a serious mess up somewhere for for the two of those guys to be put into prison and uh, we can read in that chapter that joseph was assigned to look after those guys and we read that both have dreams and they're both troubled by the dreams that they've had. And Joseph gets about to interpret what uh, their dreams meant. And both of those things did come true. For the chief cupbearer, he was restored after three days to, to the king and got about his duties. And unfortunately for the chief baker, after three days, he was executed. So they must have found out that um, his bread must have been gluten-free or something. But the king went happy. So um, so those things did come to pass. And for Joseph, he mentioned to the cupbearer to report to Pharaoh that Joseph could interpret dreams and he was there in prison. Well, 
two years later, it comes to a situation where the king himself has some dreams which unsettle him. And he can't find anyone to interpret his dreams or to give him any meaning to his dreams. And we're familiar with the story about, you know, the fat cows and the thin cows, you know, the, the, se the seven of each. And um, he couldn't get a, an understanding about his dreams. And Joseph has this opportunity then because the cupbearer eventually like, oh, yeah, there's a guy, you know, who interpreted something for me and it came to pass. And I'm sorry about that, I should have mentioned earlier, his name's Joseph, he's still in prison. The Pharaoh summons Joseph. Joseph explains the meaning about how Egypt would have seven years of fruitfulness and great harvests, but then following that, there would be a very harsh famine which would last seven years. And he was saying about how to, you know, store up grain and to be careful and to manage their the, um, supply and stock. And the Pharaoh's impressed by Joseph and um, he actually listens to Joseph's plan. And, um, you know, it wasn't just Egypt who would suffer. There would be other nations around them as well. And in Genesis 41, 37 to 38, it says this. The plan pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this who has in him the spirit of God? Joseph is made ruler over Egypt. And then really, you know, that really escalates quickly. So... We see that Pharaoh recognises the Spirit of God at work in Joseph. And what is amazing about that is that the Spirit of God is at work in all of our lives. For us who believe in God, you know, that the Holy Spirit is with us in our journey and in our lives. And as we get about our business and allow the Spirit to work in our lives, it's amazing what can happen, you know, not just in our lives, but in, in people's lives around us when we're honouring God and serving God in whatever means he calls us to. And here, Joseph, amazingly, is made ruler over Egypt. And that really escalated quickly, didn't it, from his background. And uh, in chapter 41, it says that Joseph was just 30 years old by the time he became governor. So and he spent many of those years serving Potiphar and serving in prison. So if we consider his background and what happened with his brothers being sold into slavery and the difficulties and the struggles and trials that he had it's amazing how quickly really he got to this position of authority and responsibility and um, Joseph grew in wisdom and he grew in stature even in the confines of another person's home and a prison and when we listen to the words of Stephen in Acts chapter 7 in the New Testament, he's in a sticky situation himself where people have caused trouble for him by lying about him. And uh, he finds himself before the high court and the religious leaders. And during his conversation with him, he re Stephen recalls the, the history you know, of, of the nation of Israel. And part of that, he talks about the account of Joseph. And he says this in verses 9 and 10. The sons of Jacob sold Joseph to people from the country of Egypt because they were jealous of him. But God was with Joseph. He helped him in his all his troubles and he gave him wisdom and favour with the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. This made um, Joseph leader over Egypt and over all the king's house. So like Joseph then, we can know God's help in troubles like he mentions in this verse here. 
we can also experience the journey of growing in wisdom which builds us up and helps us to contribute good things to those around us, to our communities and to our families. So growing in wisdom has, was a key thing for Joseph. And for us, you know, we can think about that as well. What is wisdom? Well, the, the dictionary says it's the quality of having experience, knowledge, good judgment and the quality of being wise. So really it's about how we apply what we know. We try to avoid foolish decisions which often produce negative consequences for us or for others around us or for both. And there's this kind of situation where not just to grow wisdom in our lives to help us make good decisions and wise decisions, but there's godly wisdom as well where there's a God perspective in our decisions on why we do things and how we do things and the decisions that we make. Godly wisdom is so important when we consider the kingdom of God and all the richness of God and his blessing, we have a bigger picture. We have a a God who wants to love and bless and forgive. So in our decisions and in how we relate to one another and to our families and to our friends and those around us, let's remember godly wisdom. And God used Joseph's life in the ups and the downs to bring about help to thousands of people in a troubled time. For the many people saved, in Egypt and the surrounding areas, it was because of Joseph's ability to serve God and to act out of kindness and to recognise the purposes of God in his life and not to be bitter or churned up by the past, but he was always willing to have an open, clean slate with God and to continue. And as we read further into the story, we come to find that uh, Joseph is restored to his brothers and their families. And that's because of Joseph's work, really. And Joseph wasn't perfect, but he did allow God to work in his life. And he grew and got shaped, even in challenging situations. And just to close, I'm going to read from Proverbs 4, verses 6 to 7, where we um, get a little bit of a grip of what wisdom is and If we read through the book of Proverbs, you know, we understand Solomon, who um, was the wisest man who ever lived. Okay, apparently, we love to hear his words in Proverbs. And here's the verse, verses 6 and 7 from chapter 4 in Proverbs. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding so if you can just take a few thoughts away this morning i'll just pray let's take those thoughts of you know how joseph got on with things in his life and you know pursued god and acted out of obedience and honor to him let's close our eyes yeah so we thank you for um, what we read about in joseph's experience you know for you know, the difficulties in his journey, but he still served you and your hand was upon him and you protected him and you brought blessing even in the, the diff- most difficult of circumstances. And again today, Lord, we know that uh, you are the same God who blessed Joseph and lived in and through him. You are the same to us today, Lord, that you live in us, that you help us in our troubles and in our difficulties as well. And Holy Spirit, We ask you right now to fill our lives, to fill our hearts. We pray, Lord, that again that you would 
um, open our eyes to your perspective in life to be able to carry your love and your grace and your compassion in our lives help us to love those nearest to us help us to, to love those around us in our communities we pray for more of you in our lives and we thank you for your many blessings and the grace that you have in Jesus name Amen Amen. Great to spend some time with you again today. And uh, Sarah, back to you.